0: So let's uh, let's open up our Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew chapter six this morning. We'll be spending most of our time there. And I'm I'm actually just going to start in a few verses in Proverbs chapter eleven. So you're welcome to turn there too if you want. Otherwise, just uh, get a head start when we get to Matthew. <clears throat> But in Proverbs eleven, twenty four says one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds that what he should give, and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favour, but evil comes to him. Who searches for it? whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. And here is a picture, I think, of how we're called to live. As followers of Jesus. People who flourish, people who give freely, people who trust God and not put their trust in riches or anything like that. People who bring blessing and and water others. And as we do that, the incredible thing is, is that we find ourselves being watered and refreshed and blessed in our own lives. And um, I love what Jesus teaches uh, throughout the Gospels. I love that he is supremely concerned with our hearts and our priorities. We see that all through the Gospels, don't we? He goes straight to the the heart. He cuts through some of the other, a lot of the other stuff. And so in Matthew 6, which is where we'll be now, we're right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, this incredible sermon that Jesus gives, dealing with so many of the significant things of our hearts. And really, as as we read through the Sermon on the Mount, the big question that Jesus hones in on, I guess, or leaves us with, if we're paying attention, is where is your heart? And as it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that we're to guard our hearts, for from it flow the issues or the wellspring of life. And I believe that from the place of our hearts flows all things, and including relating to our possessions or our finances, which is where we're going to be heading a little bit this morning. So Matthew 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 19, sorry. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Would you help us this morning, help me this morning, Lord God, to convey what is on your heart for us in this place today. Lord, for each of us here, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. You would give us hearts that are open to you, Lord God. We thank you for your word. We thank you just uh, that it is alive and powerful And uh, has such an impact on our lives, Lord. So let your word go into good soil this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I am someone who enjoys playing the game Monopoly. Is anyone else in that boat as well? Yes. And I can remember particularly when I was a lot younger growing up, I've got three sisters and uh, often in the school holiday times, we'd go along uh, with Mum to her work. She worked at a, a, a counseling and medical center there and we were put in the, a back room and often the Monopoly game would come out. That would be a kind of our staple board game to play in the holidays. And we'd be there, you know, pretty, having these pretty intense battles of Monopoly. I don't know what the patients would have thought as they hear these children, you know, probably arguing, probably having a lot of fun They're out in the back room. But there's one goal and one purpose of monopoly, isn't there? It's money, it's hoarding wealth, it's creating and storing up riches for yourself, it's, uh, you know, domination, it's capitalism in its purest form, isn't it? The rich get richer, and unfortunately, if you don't get the properties, you uh, get poorer and lose out pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I always love, pretty much, I feel like anything from the red properties onwards, You know, if you can build up those property portfolios, put houses, hotels on that, you're pretty safe in the game of Monopoly. And I can remember these games growing up and even since then with uh, extended family where things get really intense, don't they? You get so into it trying to, you know get past the row of doom if there's lots of houses and hotels on properties or, you know, just willing the other person to roll the six so they land on Mayfair with a hotel and, you know, all that sort of thing. And it's incredible how worked up and excited you can get. And I feel like the game of Monopoly. I've seen it, maybe, maybe, maybe not in my own life, but I've seen it, that it can turn a, you know, fairly mild-mannered, quiet sort of person into this, you know, power-hungry, money-hungry beast, Incredible how it has the, the power to do that. But, you know, despite all that, it all gets put back in the box at the end of the game, doesn't it? It doesn't last. It's just a fleeting thing, a fleeting sense of being rich and powerful. And so, this morning, in a similar way, Jesus is saying to invest in the things that truly have value. And I want to ask a question of us all this morning, uh, and it's the title of my message today. It's what are you investing in? What are you investing in? With your life, with your time, with your money, with the resources that God has given you to steward here on earth. And whilst this whole idea of what we're investing in uh, encompasses more than just money, Jesus is specifically referring to it here. And I know a message on this theme, um, you know, carries a lot of things with it. It can stir up a whole lot of different things for people. And so I'm, I'm conscious of that this morning. But where I want to get to and what I want to encourage us in today is this whole thing of examining our hearts. What is it we truly value? Are we storing up true treasure or just earthly treasure that's fleeting and will fade away? And so in these, three, in these few verses here, Jesus is honing in I believe, on three pretty important issues of the heart. The issue of the treasure of our lives. Where's the treasure of our lives? The issue of the focus of our lives. And the issue of lordship. And so if we can answer this question this morning, what are you investing in? We'll also be able to know, I believe, where our treasure is, where our focus is, and where you know, who is lord of our lives. So how many of us know that Jesus talked a lot about money? Yeah, I came across some interesting facts and figures this week that 16 of 38 parables were concerned with how to handle money and possessions. And in the Gospels, one out of 10 verses, so over 280 in all deal directly with the subject of money. The Bible itself offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. So, obviously an important issue. And I believe it's because it's a lordship issue. And Jesus knew full well some of the issues that can arise if he is not lord over this area of our lives. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 11, It talks about the beauty of contentment says godliness with contentment is great gain. And then it goes on to talk about some of the the deceitfulness of riches. And it says that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And I think that verse has been um, misinterpreted or misconstrued a lot over the years that, you know, it's not money itself. That's a root of all kinds of evil, but the love of money It's the place that it has in our hearts and lives that can cause the issues. You know, I'm sure you know the parable of the sower, where the farmer goes out to sow the word on the four soils. And he sows it amongst the thorns, the seed that's sown among thorns. The thorns represent the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. And the Bible tells us that as the seed grows up, that also the thorns grow up with it and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So when we allow money or material possessions or the things that we value really highly to I guess, have a place in our lives that they're not meant to have. It actually prevents fruitfulness. And I believe that Jesus desires that we bear much fruit. In 3 John verse 2, it talks about, uh, you know, that we would prosper in every way, even as our souls prosper. And that's not just financial. That's talking about relational, spiritual, you know, thriving in every area of our lives. We bring glory to God by bearing much fruit, it says in John 15. And so Jesus knew full well the importance of a message of guarding against storing up treasures here on earth. He knew full well the importance of a message of warning against um, serving or being a slave to money or our possessions. And look, if it was an important message in that day, how much more so is it an important message for us in the world and the society that we live in with its infatuation with riches and getting rich, quick, and, and earning lots of money and having lots of stuff. So let's unpack this scripture a little bit this morning. Jesus is talking about not laying up treasure for ourselves here on earth. And perhaps today we've lost some of the essence of treasure, of, of what, it, what it really is. And Jesus presents three pictures from the three great sources of wealth in the culture of the day he talks about things that moth can destroy. And in the culture of the day, fine elaborate clothing or fine linen was often a source of great wealth and treasure. He talks about things that rust can destroy or, or, the, or eat away, as the, the word literally means. And so in the day, many a man's wealth consisted of what was stored up in barns, corn, grain, things like that, that, that was stored up were a sign of wealth and treasure. Jesus talks about things that could be stolen. And the reference here is to the man who stored up something valuable, some sort of treasure, gold or something like that in their house. And with the walls of many houses just being baked clay, the thieves could literally just break in, dig through the wall and steal that away. So Jesus is warning that there is no permanency about a treasure that can be lost, a treasure that can be damaged and a treasure that can be destroyed as easily as these things. What do you think of when you think of treasure? Is it money? Is it the expensive jewelry? Is it, you know, a keyboard, a guitar? Is it the retirement nest egg? Is it property for uni students? Is it a nice meal other than baked beans on toast, for example, or something like that? Well, I believe that treasure for us is something that's of great value. Something of great value. It's not just money, but it kind of is in our society, isn't it? It could be things like our reputation, our identity, our work, the fortunes of our sporting team. I heard the Raiders lost last night. Bad luck. Anything that we attach high value to are the things that we treasure. And if these things are great value to us, our hearts will be there. We'll be investing our time, our effort, our emotion into those things. Ultimately, though, they're fleeting and temporary. And of course, they're not bad in and of themselves. It's when they take a place in our lives that they ought not to have. When we value them more highly than true treasure than Jesus and him being Lord of all, that it becomes an issue. So treasures on earth. Jesus is saying, are temporary. They can be lost. They can be destroyed. They can be taken away. Whereas treasure in heaven is eternal. It can't be destroyed. It can't be taken away or lost. And that's where our priority should be. So, to answer the question, what are you investing in? There are just three things that I want to bring out this morning. Things that I believe will help both steward what God's given to us, but also are a means to store up treasure in heaven. Are you ready? Are you here? Okay. Point one this morning. First thing, we need to invest in the right places. So just think for a moment this morning that you've been given a decent sum of money. Perhaps the Lord stirred someone in the church to gift you with this many thousands of dollars. Anyone feeling that from the Lord this morning? Not yet. Okay, that's fine. But if you have this, you know, this, this money that you feel to invest, say, in shares or a business, for example, I'm no, by no means an expert in financial matters, but common sense, I think, would say that you're, not go- you're, you're wanting a return on your investment, aren't you? You want to actually see some fruit from what you outlay. So common sense says that you're not just going to invest in a business that's failing or shares that are probably plummeting or something like that. You want to invest in something that is going to be worthwhile for your money to go into and will bring a return. You want to invest in the right places. And in the same way, that's what it is for us in this journey of faith as we follow Jesus. And so this whole idea of treasures in heaven deals with the first of the three things that Jesus is honing in on in this passage. Where is your treasure? He's calling us to change our minds from the temporary to the eternal. And his focus in this is our priorities. And a priority is the thing that we regard as more important than something else. Where we invest our time, where we invest our money, where we invest ourselves, generally give a good, good idea of the priorities in our lives. And so we've looked at the don't store up treasures on earth. And Jesus, you know, he doesn't just leave us in that place of the don't. The don't do. He actually gives us the solution. The do. He says, lay up, store up treasures in heaven. Jesus is saying that we are to store up, that we are to desire riches to store them up, but let them be riches that actually count. Let them be things that, we, uh, that are lasting, that will bear fruit even perhaps long after we're gone from this earth. Store up true riches. And true riches are spiritual in nature not just earthly, things like righteousness, godliness, faith, love, generosity. Treasures in heaven are stored up by belonging to and living by the priorities of the kingdom of heaven. And so when we think about this kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, what it values is different to what the world values. In many ways, it's an upside-down kingdom in that the way up is down. The path to greatness is the path of service we find that as we give away that we ourselves gain and are blessed in every different area of our life and it's very different to what the world values the treasure of the kingdom is different to the treasure of this earth and i believe that we are called to invest in something bigger than ourselves that we're called to be a blessing and so what if our treasure what if the things that we invested in the things that we really valued in our lives we're not related to our kingdom and ourselves and our well being and our stuff, but His. His. What would that look like? What if our treasure or the things that we invested in, the things that were of great value to us, were things like generosity? We're investing in people, in raising up other leaders, other people into their God given destiny. What if, you know, it was. We invest in building one another up, as it talks about in Hebrews chapter 10, in outdoing one another and showing honor, as it talks about uh, in Romans 12. You know, um, as a father now and as a a youth pastor, this is something significant for me, telling the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. Psalm 78, that's something I want to invest my life into, my time, my emotion, my energy, my focus. What if we treasured and valued his presence more than other things of earth? What if we invested our time and our effort into finding out what pleases the Lord and making it our goal to please Him? These are the things I believe that have true value in the perspective of eternity. The things that will actually last. Turn with me just over to Luke 12. Keep your finger in Matthew 6 because we'll be heading back there shortly. This just gives a picture of Investing in the wrong places, where God calls us to store up treasure. It's the parable of the rich fool, Luke 12, verse 16. And Jesus told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So this picture here of this this rich man storing up treasures on earth, investing in the wrong place. And um, as I was reflecting on this this week, it's interesting how it says, you know, Saul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. There's that confidence, that trust in his wealth and in his riches. And it just struck me that, you know, many years might be a while here, but compared to eternity, it's not really all that long, is it? And so the issue wasn't that his fields prospered that he was successful in farming, but the issue was that he wasn't rich towards God, that God wasn't his supreme treasure. He was not storing up true riches. And I came across this quote this week, that it's no good to have a wonderful savings account while our spiritual bank accounts are empty, overdrawn, or closed. We need to be investing... In the right places. Treasures in heaven. Secondly, this morning, we need to have our focus in the right place. And you know, I believe that we are called to be a generous people. Both for us as followers of Christ and for us as a church, I desire that I would be a generous person with all the things that God has given me to steward here on earth. You know, we have the most generous God. This incredible, generous, loving Father. How could we not be? And so Jesus referring here in verse 22 and 23 about the eye being a source of light for the body. And what Jesus is referring to here is a particular virtue that fills our eyes with light and a particular fault that actually fills our eyes with darkness. And so where it says your eye is healthy, other translations might say your eye is good or your eye is uh, single, the particular Greek word used here, uh, excuse the pronunciation, is haplous and the corresponding noun is haplotes and regularly these words mean generous and generosity. So the same words are used in James chapter 1 verse 5 where he's talking about the God who gives generously to all. Or in Romans 12 when the Apostle Paul is writing and encouraging us to give with generosity It's the same word that's used. So it's the generous eye that Jesus is commending. If our eye is healthy, if our eye is generous, then our whole body will be full of light. And so the word that's translated bad, if your eye is bad or if your eye is evil here, is poneros. And in the New Testament, it regularly means grudging or ungenerous. So Jesus is saying here that there's actually nothing like generosity for giving you a clear and undistorted view of life and of people. And there is nothing like the grudging and ungenerous spirit for distorting your view of life and of those around you. So the person with the good or the healthy eye, the person with the right focus, is the one whose intent is to serve God and to be generous. And the one whose eye is bad is selfish, covetous, begrudging, and stingy. One is full of light, meaning, and purpose. The other is not. And when our eye is bad or grudging, it distorts our vision. But the generous eye alone can see clearly, for it sees as God sees. Just picture and think about for a moment God's heart of generosity towards us. He's never stingy. He's never grudging. He's never ungenerous in pouring out His love, and his favour, and his blessing, and his goodness upon us. Think about the cross. He gave up everything, the highest price, just so that we could know him. And this whole idea of generosity, of whether our focus is indeed right or not, comes back to a heart thing. It's not a dollar amount, it's not a time amount, well, I've done you know, this much community service, or I've invested this much money, no. It's a heart thing. What we value, what we treasure, what our priorities are. I love the account of the widow's offering in in the Gospel of Luke. I'm sure that you know it well. You know, when Jesus is there watching on and many rich people are there putting their big gifts into the temple treasury. You know, perhaps it wouldn't have really cost them much at all. And then this poor little old widow comes along. And she puts in, by the world's standards, not much at all. Two small coins. But Jesus saw that and saw the heart behind it. He saw the the heart of generosity there. Her desire to trust him and treasure him above her earthly wealth. And that's what uh, really grabbed Jesus' attention. Her eye was good. Her focus was right. She was generous towards God. He was her treasure above her remaining earthly wealth. And I love the the passage, that story there, because sometimes I feel like I don't have much to give, much to offer to the Lord, to others. And so maybe today you're listening and you're thinking, I don't have much to give. But God has given every one of us resources, talents, things that we have been given to steward. You know the parable um, of the talents. We may not have the five Talents representing the abundance of resources. We may not have the two, but there is something that we do have that God has given to each one of us in equal amounts from the richest person on earth to the poorest. And that is our time. Our time. Jesus is saying here in Matthew 6, you will invest your resources. The things that God has given you in one of two places. Not, it's not whether you do or you don't. It's whether you invi- invest in the right Area. So let me encourage us this morning. Let's not have an attitude of lack that says, I don't have this, I can't do that, I don't have much to offer, but instead let's have a good and healthy eye, one that is generous towards God and towards others. What an opportunity we have, what a privilege we have to be a blessing, to use the things that God has given us to bless those around us, to advance the cause of the kingdom of God here on earth. What an opportunity. Let's have our focus in the right place. Finally, we need to have our loyalty in the right place. This comes down to where our loyalty lies, where, our, where is our heart, what is mastering us. I've shared before about my dog in uh, some sermon examples, I think. He's growing into a lovely, uh, you know, reasonably large dog. There's been frustrations on the way. I've shared some of that before. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a reason that dogs are man's best friends, I believe. They're loyal to a fault. They're faithful. They're committed. They're loving. You know, the list could go on. And uh, my dog, Jonty, is uh, no different. Look I'm not meaning to boast or anything like that, but he, he worships the ground I, work, I walk on, basically. Let's, I'll put it that way. And, uh, you know, I'm there in the house, and if I walk near the back windows of our place, he looks with such expectancy, with such longing. He's almost drawing me out. Come on, I'm ready to play if you are. I'm ready for you to come out and give me a pat if, if you are. He looks with such longing towards me. He's never indifferent or apathetic when he's in my presence. And... Uh, I was thinking this week, just reflecting on what we can learn from animals, what we can learn, what I can learn from my dog. And I was just thinking, man, if I, or of all of us, if we loved the Lord and were devoted to him as much as my dog is to me, imagine things, how things would be different. We'd never come to worship, you know, indifferent or apathetic. As we come into the presence of the Most High God, we would come with that excitement, that expectancy, that joy just for being there. Anyway, that's an aside. You know, uh, so as part of having a dog, I, I, I like to, I want to teach my children. Certainly my oldest is old enough to, to, you know, learn what the responsibility of having a pet is. And he loves to help me feed him of a morning, sometimes of an evening as well. And I want to teach him the way to do that. And one thing that my dog is uh, really good at is sitting and waiting for his food. He doesn't eat his food until I tell him to, to go. So sometimes I have a little bit of fun with him. I just kind of leave him waiting there for as long as I can. But um, my son, Noah, helps me. And so we go out together. And I tell him to sit. I tell him to wait. The dog, that is. not Noah. <laughs> Noah's there helping me. And he's, and I say, okay, okay, buddy, how about you give the signal? And the signal is okay. And then he knows that he, the dog can eat his food. And so... We've been sitting out there before, standing there, and he's, the dog's sitting. He's drooling over the food. He's, he's so expectant. He's waiting to eat. And I said, okay, okay, buddy, you give the signal. And he'll say, okay. And the dog doesn't move. He doesn't do a thing. So try again, try again. Okay. He doesn't move. And so then I, I step in. Okay. And he goes straight away. He eats. What's the point of that? Well, I'm his master. He listens. To me, there's no divided loyalties for my dog. And you know, it wouldn't work if I owned him for a few days in the week and then I lent him to, say, Andrew and Ally for the rest of the week. They'd be in for, a, you know, a shock probably. It'd be a handful. But that wouldn't work because his heart is fully invested in me as his master. And so in the same way, that's what Jesus is saying here, that we cannot be a slave to two owners. We cannot be mastered by two different things. God must be the undisputed master of our lives. Can't be a bit of him. Yeah, yeah, a bit of him on Sundays yet, but then a bit of whatever else we like all the other days of the week. And really, there's no place that's more obvious than that when it comes to our wallets and our attitude to what's in there. And so that includes not just talking about having lots, but Money can also master us just as much if we are constantly worrying about it and focusing on and fearing it and fearing lack. He says you can't serve God and money. And this word here is mammon, a Hebrew word for material possessions, which came to, this particular word came to mean that in which a man puts his trust So basically it came to be regarded as nothing less than a God in the culture of the day. And isn't it amazing how easily material things, distractions, things that have been entrusted to us can take a place in our lives that they're never meant to have. Jesus is teaching that the problem with wealth or with riches or with material possessions is that we become mastered by those things when we choose to serve them instead of God talk about how we spend our time. It's the same principle. In investing our hearts and our lives and our resources in the things of the kingdom, we store up treasures in heaven. And what we invest in, what we store up, that reveals where our hearts are at. It will reveal when push comes to shove what is really important to us. And so let me bring this together this morning. Let me encourage us that let's be a people Who in our lives, as we follow Jesus, even when push comes to shove, that we store up true riches. That we be a people who are generous, that we be a people who let God be God in our lives. So again, I want to ask you as we finish this morning, what are you investing in? With your life, with your time, with your money, with your focus, all those things. Is your treasure the things that you value most of all here on earth or in heaven? Is your focus right and clear and generous? And is your heart loyal and your loyalty with God or with material things? I started with Proverbs chapter 11, a few verses from there this morning. And I did so because I believe it's a beautiful picture of what We are, how we're called to live, what we're called to invest in. People who give freely, who bring blessing to others, who seek good, who flourish in every area, and who trust in God, not in riches or material possessions. Let's let's invest in the right places, in the things that matter, in storing up treasures in heaven. Would you stand this morning? As we bring our service to a close, let's pray. Father, even now, I just, I just uh, ask that you would increase our awareness of your presence here. That as we go from here, there'd be a rich deposit of your spirit, Lord, in our hearts and lives, Lord God, that we would take from having been here this morning. Lord, I thank you that we have been able to gather as your people. We've been able to worship you, to bring an offering before you. And we've been able to hear from your word. I pray that the things that have been of you from this message this morning would resonate in our hearts, Lord God. The things that have not been of you would fall to the ground as dust. But Lord, I do just pray that um, you would be stirring and challenging our hearts, Lord, in the way that you do so well, Lord God, about where we are investing in our lives, our time, our money, our resources, the things that you've given us to steward. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a generous people, a people who store up treasure in heaven, Lord God, who seek to advance your kingdom here on earth, Lord, in whatever way we can. And Lord, I just want to bless each and every person here this morning, Lord God, with uh, your grace with your goodness and just with freedom in this area as well, Lord God, that you would be Lord of all, Lord God, in each of our hearts and lives. I bless each person here in the coming week that we would have opportunity to share who you are, to be generous, Lord, and to really know your, your favor as well. Until we meet again, we thank you that you go with us, that you're for us. And, uh, Yeah, we just honor you, Lord, and give you thanks and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.